0: Welcome, beautiful soul, to an Intuitive Journey podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Amanda Loren, and you have been welcomed into our sacred space for healing, connection, acknowledgement, and initiation into your unique intuitive nature. My intention for you is through each episode to connect deeper with your highest good and feel more ready to be your intuitive expression. Let's begin. What's up, family? Welcome to our very first guest episode on an Intuitive Journey podcast. I am so, 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 so excited to introduce you all to my dear friend, fellow Māori medium, mother and conscious coordinator, Orini. She's hailing from the very beautiful Waiheke Island of the coast of Auckland, New Zealand orini and i connected on instagram a few months ago and became soul sisters we had this beautiful moment of recognition within each other and she was actually my first mediumship recipient when i did uh, mediumship month in may one thing i remember her saying to me because i was i was terrified to be quite honest i was so terrified to do this i was like oh my gosh spirit why are you why are you making me do this (laughs) talk about hashtag external projection (laughs) But anyway, I was there on the live of Orini. It was the first time we talked properly. And I remember her saying to me, don't worry, sis. I'm probably the best person for you to start with because I am so open to everything. She's like, honestly, I know that you're going to do great. And I can already feel how incredibly amazing you are. So just do your thing and we'll just go from there and I feel like that was definitely one of my favorites in the mediumship month that was so validating for me doing a reading for her and at the time before I actually jumped on that call with her I had no idea that she was a medium too. I didn't know that she was in the spiritual community like I am. Finding that out on the call you can imagine was a bit nerve-wracking, but she soon became the 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 medium for the medium, like you know how they have like healers have healers and coaches have coaches, right? While sometimes psychic mediums also need their own psychic mediums (laughs) i shared in previous episodes where i find it challenging to read for myself so much but yet i can be so on with other people and what orini has been teaching me throughout our time as soul sisters is to be in more touch with myself and trusting myself through her own example but also being that person of if i need to have a little bit of extra I know that I can book in with her. We get to be of service to each other, which is really, really cool. We also connected with the fact that we turned 33 in the same year. So this year has been big for both of us and we have so much similarities in terms of our family, experience, people. And on top of that, it turns out I went to school with her auntie. (laughs) So it's really, really cool how that all came together. And the way that spirit brings people into our lives, through our soul contracts, it just, it can be mind blowing sometimes. It's like, oh my gosh, That is so cool that, you know, we've gone and had this whole journey together. We're in sort of opposite sides of the North Island and we're connected through Instagram. Like, what? Another one of those things that just make me feel so good about social media being the platform that I choose to express on. So without further ado, so I can stop talking now. (laughs) I introduce to you all my beautiful, amazing friend, Orini.
1: Yeah, so when we're going on this sort of intuitive journey we can feel like at times that it goes around and around in a circle and it feels like we're repeating lessons over and over again. What I can say to that is each time we go through that lesson, it lessens. The deeper we go into ourselves, the more awareness we have on that, the inner workings of ourselves. So yeah, it does feel repetitive, but you have more tools and you have more skills and you've accumulated more knowledge going into that next lesson. So that's a little bit of words of wisdom for the start of our intuitive journey of Verini. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how I talk. So <laughs> um, where did I start? I guess being born, that's where I started my intuitive journey saying yes to coming into this three-dimensional experience My conscious journey only started when I was about 13 and I'm really blessed. I really feel like it's a blessing being born Maori and especially in my family where spirit or wairua wasn't actually such a taboo thing. It was just something that is and was and will always be. It's something that we tapped into. We knew that we were guided and protected, and we had our ancestors around us in nature as well as in the elements. So I always had that sort of connection. But it wasn't until my mum noticed that I was starting to pull back from her as a teenager, as you do, just going through a normal teenage phase, and as I always going through that I was pulling back from her and not communicating as much what was going on with me. And so she made it clear to me, she made me aware of the fact that I could speak to my grandparents in spirit and that I would just ask the question in my mind or out loud and the first response that I got back was them. This is the point that my mother made that really actually helped my intuitive journey a lot more than just saying, hey, you can talk to your dead grandparents. Um, it was that.
0: That's so beautiful.
1: You're, you're not always going to like the answers that you re- receive. That was the thing. She told me that little moment. I don't even think she realized how big her, that sentence actually was for me, because this is when she's, she actually started teaching me about the ego and how it can interrupt your thought pattern when you are in a higher vibration and your ego comes in and goes no that's not what they said (laughs) or or it comes in and responds for your intuition or your wider or or your whoever it is that you're speaking to it gets in there quicker my mum taught me this experience and she only knows now that it was such a big moment in my life she didn't know then. She just was looking out for me and my emotional well-being, I think. Um, and she didn't realize that basically she started my conscious journey of mediumship. That was at 13. I am now 33. So there was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of journey in that time. <laughs> Definitely a lot of journey. Um, a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. A lot of people hurt. I was hurt so much as well through that experience through my experience of being in my 20s, really. But there were people that were sent to me. That's what it felt like. There were people that I must have had conversations with before coming here to Earth and said, hey, I'm going to go down this path, and if I go too deep, get me out. That's what it felt like. I honestly felt that within... My whole entire being when I met my best friend, John. First of all, because I went through the big whole 20s mm-hmm. phase of drugs, alcohol, not really having any purpose, direction, not really caring, but still being really like into spirit, knowing that they're there. But I just got caught up in this like human vortex of, I guess, the physicality of everything. Um, I did live on the Gold Coast because that might actually explain things
0: <laughs> for you guys. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. we I get it. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that physicality side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, being there, I just kind of – I was so deep in depression. I had no understanding of my emotional reactions or how I was feeling. I knew that I had some daddy issues because he was obviously a a dick. And so I knew there was all this stuff. And then one time at a party, another friend who actually ends up being quite a profound – Mark in my life. She invited me to a birthday and she had her friend John come to do readings. I just remember getting this reading when I was absolutely wasted. And I remember he mentioned three dudes in my life. It was two guys that were in my life at that time and my dad. And I was just like, whoa, man. Even in my wasted state, I could, I'm like, there was something inside of me that just was like, whoa, something big just happened then. A few weeks later, I was really depressed on my Facebook page, and this chick that actually invited me to a birthday messaged me saying, "Hey, let's go to John and get a reading." And that was it. He gave me a reading. He gave me my first Abraham Hicks book called "The Law of Attraction," and told me that I could do readings. And then I bought a deck and I started practicing. Oh wow! Yep, just like that. Just like that. It was just that moment in time, right? Like it was so divine.
0: Like it's a, it, he was one of those people, right? That you're like, okay. If I get too far down this hole of, of nothingness, you're coming in and you're saving me.
1: Yeah. Catch me out. Catch me out. A big part of my intuitive journey was making big, major decisions that were for my well-being. I was not happy on the Gold Coast, not going so deeply into it, but I, there is a lot of family trauma that was manifesting in my life at that time. I wasn't conscious of it then. I am now. But I knew that I had to get out and shift something. So a major change was necessary. All in one year where I started practicing my intuition and started doing card decks. And I remember doing readings for my friends that I knew what was happening in their life so I could practice. Because I knew what was going on in their life at the, like already. So when I felt something, I could be like, oh yeah, I know that feeling. I know that that is happening in their life. So I can confirm that and keep going down that flow or keep keep going down that feeling, like keep feeding that feeling. And so that was that journey. But what that led me to was like tapping into my own intuition deeper, tapping into like my guides deeper. I was working with so many different um, deities and entities, energies. Horace was someone that actually really appealed to me when I first got into my intuitive journey. I found channelings Uh, from him I found super enlightening and it was just so exciting and I remember the feelings when you have that first spiritual awakening it's like whoa man the dark world that I used to see is so bright now there are so many possibilities and it was through that feeling that I was able to move to Melbourne with no savings had no idea where I was going to get the money from and before I left I had to like three grand and I was out and so again wow yeah so like with that I just knew that I was being guided somewhere and and that's a big part of like tapping into your intuition as well because your intuition there is like a full body yes or a full body no when you don't know it's because you're not aligned to here (laughs) like so you have to do the mahi to get stuff out of the way Within you that's already sitting there. Oh,
0: triggering.
1: Yeah, bro. Triggering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to bring those here? Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: someone else is bringing this here. I'm just channeling it. Like I'm the one that's bringing in the story of my intuitive journey. But then I can feel spirit inside of me, like because my body is getting really hot. I'm starting to sweat. It's not hot. We're in the middle of winter in New Zealand. It's not hot. I'm really hot. So this is like an example of how you're, I guess, tapping into your intuition can mm. actually make you feel physically. So I'm really warm, and I feel like my guides are guiding me through my story. Like I'm, I'm taking them to the story. But then they're going, hey, do you remember this moment? And then my perception from now is going, whoa, (laughs) that's a big deal. I'm going to share that. That is what's happening inside of me right now. A big part of my intuitive journey is manifestation that's what got me excited about living again it was like holy moly what i can create my own reality i can get myself out of this shit and go f you to everything that is not good for me and just follow what's good for me wow so i did i got on a plane moved to melbourne stayed with an uncle i'd never met before he was a great uncle who um i remember walking into his house and i was like bro there's so many dead people here (laughs) (laughs) i was like holy cool like i am actually coming down here to learn for sure Mm, yeah but yeah and then that was in 2011 when i moved down and just had a cool experience down there meeting everyone 2011 i think it was my birthday that i met up with my friend laura and it was her birthday in september and that's when i had the reading But it was 2011 at the end of 2011 new year's eve i had quit my admin job And the first day of 2012, I was a full-time reader and healer. Beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Just after realizing in 2010 that I was able to do this, I spent a year working on myself, tapping in, getting more in in touch with my wider and intuition. And then I was a full-time reader and healer, loving my life, holding workshops hold like doing eight readings a day eight half-hour readings a day meditating before and after each reading just having that amount of energy to be able to boss that up like i couldn't think about doing eight readings like now though what happens when you have that spiritual awakening and what i was told then and didn't understand then was that i got a download of what it could be when i'm at my highest potential what it is like to be totally in alignment And what it is like to be totally connected to an unlimited source of energy. Because I had unlimited source of energy then. Because in our physical bodies, if you were to do eight readings a day, you would burn out if you didn't have that connection yeah. I learned that real good then because they told me it was about to go away like this download of energy is going to go away so you, you can go do the mahi you can sort out your stuff remember this feeling this is what you're working towards because I didn't have a feeling that I was working towards I didn't know that there was that feeling like I didn't realize that you could actually feel that feeling inside of yourself by yourself and that was another big part
0: yeah man this is bringing back so many memories for me too actually I'm having like massive awakening. Just listening to you. I'm like, oh, that's why I experienced that. Oh, that's why this is happening. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, literally looking outside my window. When I have these moments of awakening, mm-hmm. I always look up as if it, you know, as if Wider or spirit is above me. <laughs> I guess it's like all those years at church. Don't
1: worry, I do the same thing. <laughs> I
0: was looking up outside and I was with the shocked look on my face, like, oh my God, I know why I needed to hear that today. <laughs> Never mind all you guys listening. This is this is all for me. This is just for me. Never mind everyone else.
1: <laughs> and like I said, this is what it's like having conversations with us. Like one day, some like I'd be in a flow or it would be Amanda that's in a flow and the amount of voice messages we've sent each other and get this guys, we haven't even physically met. Honestly, I feel like she's one of my best friends and it's all because of Waidua connecting us and our intuition. Like, it, something inside of me said I had to talk to this chick and something inside of Amanda must have said cool I want to talk to this chick too <laughs> like, did I tell you what
0: I did though I asked because your message was in my requests folder for a long time because I wasn't following you and I was like who is this and I was like just ignored your message for a while there. and then i was like what an idiot looking back going <laughs> being all judgmental <laughs> like who is this why is she messaging me <laughs> I
1: can't even remember th- what I messaged
0: you, eh? Oh, I think you may have reacted to my story or something like that. And I normally like message thank you to everybody, but I was like, hey, what is this? And then I think I just because remember how I said um, when I realized what you do as well, being this you know same but not same yeah. as me, I was a bit fangirl slash a little bit like oh, confronted like oh my gosh, am I gonna be good enough to be her friend or good enough to do a reading for her, all those sorts of things. And I think that's why I had that resistance. Wasn't that it? It was me not wanting to be your friend it was like this woman is powerful and she's I haven't even talked to her and I'm already afraid of her power because she's reflecting back to me what power I have so I was scared of myself really
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was so funny to listen to (laughs) but like and how funny is this I always catch like I always find us really funny because there'll be days where I'm like oh my god I don't know should I message Amanda or am I being too needy at the moment or am I doing this I'll be like that and then I'll tell you and you're like "Eh? what are you talking about and then you did it to me the other day you were saying the same things and I was like (laughs) why did you not just message me (laughs) I'm like I have capacity when you message not to reply right and sometimes it's like like and that's what happens like this voice or this energy that we're speaking Mm. of this thing that stops us this resistance is the thing that gets in the way of our intuition like it is like if we don't know what's going on or where we're meant to be going it either means we don't we're not meant to know so just keep flowing or We're not aligned with knowing the answer. (laughs)
0: 100,000 bajillion percent.
1: When they're feeling a little bit codependent, (laughs) we're not going to (laughs) see. We're not going to see or feel the fact that maybe like connection is going to be the solution to this problem.
0: yeah because there's an invitation there too like it's just i'm feeling codependent i want to talk to her and instead of stepping stepping through just going hey sis i feel codependent and i feel like i want to talk to you but i just want to let you know that's how i feel right now because i want to call myself out on my shit and then i'm going to go nurture myself over it what we've both been doing is stepping into our insecurities and our ego like oh my gosh what if i'm too what if i'm too much what if i'm this and it's just like no 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 like we both know each other well enough to know that if you said to me hey sis so this is how i feel i'm gonna be like sweet i'll hold space for you don't tell me what's going on because obviously i don't need to know like, you know, is, you're here to nurture yourself and I'm here to have yeah. that space for you. It's just it's just so funny because we do it to each other like constantly, but that beautiful reflection is constantly happening at the same time. And it's like, you know what? This is what we're actually here for. We're here to to hold each other in accountability. Yeah. There it is. Accountability buddies for each other. Like, no, you've got this. You can nurture yourself. Yes. And I'm just glad that you told me and was like, and that you're calling yourself out over it. Like, yep. that's freaking awesome. Celebrating.
1: And that has been... A- A big lesson this week for me going into water and honoring the Mm. feelings that we feel because sometimes they literally just need a voice. The fact that you were feeling codependent might have just been released in the fact in you expressing it to me. You knew saying, well, man, I feel codependent. It could have just let go. It could have gone. And then you wouldn't have had a day of going. Bro, straight up. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: exactly how codependency feels. (laughs)
1: Tapping into, I guess, my intuitive journey again, I had such a profound, I guess, moment with the spiritual awakening I experienced in Melbourne, but it wasn't until I returned home to aotearoa that kind of catapulted me even more into my intergenerational trauma and actually bringing that to my awareness. By doing that, I ended up connecting more deeply with my ancestors and I connected to a part of my, I guess my family tree that wasn't very strongly connected to me in this physical reality because it was a grandmother who passed away when my mum was two. So I have a close connection to a spirit that I've never met in this physical reality who I feel such a strong family connection with, and that's only because I came home. Mm. I, I don't think, I knew about her when I was in Australia. It wasn't as strong then. And now that I'm like, it's something about the Fenua, eh? And us being back on the Fenua.
0: Oh, yes. And for, for those that don't know what Fenua is, Fenua means land.
1: It wasn't until I got home. Um, and of course, I'm still, even after my spiritual awakening in Melbourne, I was still like using drugs and alcohol as my vice to numb the pain, even though I was consciously working on some of that pain, like there's no right way of a spiritual journey to look.
0: Absolutely. That's what I just want to reaffirm now.
1: There is no right or long way for a spiritual journey to look because we don't know, first of all, what has happened to that person in their past, how they have interpreted mm-hmm. that experience and how that is actually physically emotionally and mentally and spiritually affected them so their version is their version and we really i know it's hard and triggering because even when i'm saying this i'm like f (laughs) you to so many
0: people in my head yeah feel you (laughs) feel that
1: one (laughs) ex-boyfriends maybe i don't know some daddy issues in there too like let's be real right so even though we've got all of that going on, the ultimate intention or like the goal is to be able to look at these people with love. That's ultimately what it means. Like if you can look at these people who are reflecting back mm-hmm. at you, the same shite that is inside of you and you can feel peace, yes. that means you've brought peace to that part of you. It, you don't even need to change anything. And that's what's like what I found coming to New Zealand because I was able to fully accept the fact that I was Maori, the fact that I was mainly white Maori, because that's like a, a weird thing too. Not only am I dealing with colonization inside of me as an intergenerational trauma, but I'm also dealing with the fact that I'm not brown enough.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. Like, that is... <gasps> She's bringing the fire today. Yeah. Oh, God, I felt that one. Carry on. <laughs> 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 Shit.
1: Wait, there's tears appearing in my eyes. That's oh. how much I felt oh. that one. Oh,
0: shame shame. I can't even open my eyes right now. Like, oh, yeah. i not...
1: Yeah, because that's like, that's what we were taught. Like, it, I guess the manifestation of that intergenerational trauma, too. Because now, once we got over the fact that we were trying to be white, now we're trying to be brown, and I'm not brown enough. <laughs> <laughs> but the piece I brought to that. But
0: hold on, you're also not white enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm
1: just, I'm nothing. You're not- just in the middle, No. Nah. <laughs> but that's the, that's where I was getting to with that point, because I oh sorry (laughs) no 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 no. you brought light into the situation the reason why I brought up the brown and white thing because like we don't want to be racist here but we also want to be honest about the feelings that we experience as an individual and to me to bring peace to that because that's what we were talking about right getting triggered by people that are reflecting back at us the inner workings of ourselves I am triggered by that but how I brought peace to a big part of that is by understanding that I have both gifts inside of me. I have pakiha and all of the gifts that that brings. I also have Māori and all of the gifts that that brings. Yes, it brings intergenerational trauma, but I have the ability to heal colonization within me. That is a beautiful and powerful opportunity I have inside of me. And that's where I go, okay, yeah, we don't have any full Maudis left, but maybe we weren't meant to have full Maldis. Maybe we were meant to put Maori in everyone. <laughs> have a little bit of Maori yeah. in, yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and that's how powerful it is. I love, I love what you just said. I, I really love what you just said. I have the power to heal colonization within me. Like that's, that's not even just a Maori issue. That's a natives everywhere issue. Like, oh, my God, the power in that sentence alone. I have the power to heal colonization within me.
1: I do indeed.
0: Damn. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm blissed out just with that. (laughs) My whole world has just come
1: slowed right down. Yay. I feel like I'm healing colonization right now. That's what I feel like inside of my body. Oh, girl. (laughs) Exactly.
0: That one sentence alone is just like... It's exactly what we all need to remember and need to hear. Because even even the people that are Pakeha Pā- or English or European, you know, they also carry that trauma. They got uh, some hardcore guilt, man. Yeah, and so even within them, yes, I'm, I'm sorry that I colonized your country, but it, and it's like, well, you didn't do it personally, but remember, you can also heal your lines, yeah, just by that in- intention of healing colonization within you. Like, whoa, that's that's
1: world changing yeah, for sure. And, that, and like you said, it's not just Māori, it's every single culture, because if you think about it, Pākehā and Pākehā, like English and Irish, England did the same thing to Ireland. My my son is half Irish, so for him, he's got English, Irish, and Māori inside of him. He's got two colonised countries inside of him that were colonised by one part of him, if that makes sense. That's like it's not fully technical. Yeah. (laughs) So, to to take my word fully on that. On the surface level, yeah. Um, Yeah. On the surface level, if you just want to make it simple, he's got the opportunity now to heal those parts of him. And it's so funny that I ended up having a baby with an Irish person because I went to Ireland. And their intergenerational trauma, because colonization for them was similar to ours, yes, okay, we were indigenous and we didn't really have our things set up like in a Pakeha type way, but their intergenerational trauma and the way it manifested is so similar to Māori people. Like, I went there and I was like, far out, these are white Māoris. The way that they deal with it was just so similar, like... A big male population or like a big chunk of their male population is alcoholic, got molestation and sexual assault on young children um, in the churches over oh. there as well. We had that in our farmers and just like little small communities with that small mindedness, like, cause sometimes in New Zealand, we can get like that as well. And you get really like s- small town vibe. And like, I know from all of the little towns in now. Beautiful land of the long white cloud. They're going to like that too because I'm on one. I'm on Waiheke Island, if anyone knows where that is. I'm sure if you are a local or know a local, there is a vibe. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah. your intuition will help you with that vibe. I can
0: affirm that actually because uh, I was having a chat with one of my amazing friends yesterday who live in Fakatania as well. And we were both talking about the the haze of the like like the vibe within Fakatane, like that tall poppy syndrome with a little bit of you kind of just lose yourself in the mundane over there like i'm not in whakatane right now so that's what i'm saying over there but gave me a big perspective shift and then you've got you've gone and confirmed it again along with speaking about Wahike and other towns it's like yeah actually it is a bit like that i get it I, yeah. s- I see you there i see you in that
1: yeah we um call it island fever so you have to get off the rock we, just, we say, well, you got to get off the rock, <laughs> touch on the mainland and then come back. It's not a place where you, I think this goes down to who we naturally are inside of us mm-hmm. as well. Like if I like feel into this, I really feel like we are nomadic. Like yes. we aren't peoples that stay still. Even yep. if we percent. even when we were back in being moldy on the land and stuff like that, yeah, okay, we would have our marae and we'd have our like, sort of like base but we would yeah we'll just have somewhere where we would go okay well we can end up here if we get here we'll be safe or like if we end up here we'll be good but most of the time we were on hikoi we were like going out emo- like active looking after the land being kaitiaki and walking like that's all i can remember of my grandparents ever telling me of our ancestors they were always just walking like it just got my uncle and my headache nah but they were just walking around you know like eating stuff and having a all with their <laughs> uncles and then having a fight over some land and then going and eating again or having a hooey about wanting to fight
0: <laughs> <laughs> and having to marry off their woman to keep the peace <laughs>
1: like keep peaceful or like join tribes together like so it was we can't be really too ruthless on the whole colonization thing because we had our own we had our own systems and matriarchy patriarchy like there's this whole big thing coming out now and i'm probably going to get blasted saying something like this because there is a big thing out there that is like big on like we need to get the park yard to take responsibility for colonization that happened ages ago and we need to change things because we're all colonized blah blah blah, and all our different mentalities and stuff like that which to some degree i do agree with like i understand where they're coming from and how they're getting to that place but i also know and understand that we are in this moment we are in this life the way that it is now and i want to be tr- totally honest about the fact that my ancestors weren't the greatest of people either. They manifested colonization to shift stuff up too, just like how we manifest negative catalysts in our own lives to shift things up, to learn, to grow, to evolve. So yes, colonization can be seen as a negative thing because it did take away a lot of our power, but we also were taking each other's power away without them. We were using the power we had over each other and used it. So that is why we ended up manifesting colonization, I think. Like, that's how we... Because law of attraction is still there. Just because we colonized or co- weren't colonized, still there. And the age that we died wasn't very high, so we weren't really looking after our bodies that well. That- <laughs> colonization, I think, can be a blessing if we start looking at it that way. Absolutely. And that, and that goes into what we were talking about this morning just in our private conversation about alternative perspe- perceptions and how... There is always a dark and light in every situation, and we have the choice to focus on it, on what we want to focus on. And I do see, like, I love my ancestors, but they're the ones that told me about how they're not that great, or they weren't that great either. (laughs) I don't have any sort of physical information to be like, here's the references, here's my bibliography on all of my research, because it's not, there is none. All of this, like research, has been done on many conversations in my mind without my ego, because in those types of conversations in my mind, the ego gets very triggered. So I hope that I have spoken on some parts of your own life here for those that are listening, and kind of given you sort of permission to be your alternative weird self and to think the way that you actually do and express it, because so many people disagree with what i say and that is okay because i love them anyway and it's cool that we have contrasting beliefs because if we were all the same we wouldn't have any room for growth or evolution or understanding we wouldn't need it because it would be all the same and boring
0: (laughs) hard (laughs) out when we're talking about colonization what came through here and how how the physical people, the humans right now are dealing with the colonization and like take, give our land back, take her back, you know, bring back our stuff. I honestly feel that, oh man, this is actually not easy for me to say, that all this is, is that they want someone else to blame because nobody is taking responsibility for the fact that we didn't know better. So sure, I guess in a way we were, we were taken advantage of for sure. But at the same time, I don't see anybody standing up for the fact that us as Maori as indigenous people, we gave them our power too. Yeah. We were kind. We were taken advantage of. yes. Yeah. However, it's not actually all of the colonizing people's fault. We are actually here as, you know, descendants of our people, just finding someone to blame, yeah, instead of, like you said earlier, healing that colonization within ourselves because as, as long as we keep pushing it out there pushing it out like you know you need to give that back and mm-hmm. you need to do this and you need to do that that is still externalizing the whole process but your trauma's within bro yeah your trauma's within you it ain't it ain't out there there's no person no nothing no government no prime minister or anything of the or everything of the like is that is going to be able to fix the trauma that you have within yourself
1: yeah, and it's all it's all about taking radical responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's something that I have been hearing at the moment, and radical responsibility is radical. It's actually honoring those parts of yourself that are difficult to go, wow, I need to take responsibility for my ancestors right now, because they made choices too that didn't align with them. Mm. And I love how you said that too, like how, yes, we were taken advantage of because there were tribes in, like I'm from Parihakamin, mm. we got, owned because we came out with humble and peaceful and that's like mostly my heart as well that's how I actually want to be and it's so good being connected to that whānau because I feel that I really feel the fact that we need to be of peace when it comes to sorting this stuff sort of stuff out we can't go to war because it doesn't work so yeah and I really loved how you said taking responsibility for Instead of blaming someone, because like even when we're trying to blame someone and we're externalizing it, like you said, we're giving it more power. We're giving it more momentum to create more stuff from it. So if we keep externalizing it, giving it more power, like that's how manifestation works. It's always constant. It doesn't shift and change. We do. So if we are focusing on the internal healing and if you want to educate people about it, yeah, that's cool. Don't be intense about it though, because this is super triggering for others. If I can give anyone advice that wants to teach people about colonization and that healing work, be kind to all versions of people. Yes. Because you're going to be met with heaps of people that are going to have aggression. They're going to be, they're going to have these deep feelings of guilt and shame and they're going to be reactive. If you go in to fight them, you're just fighting yourself and the war continues.
0: Absolutely. You can't fight fire with fire, friends. Not at all. Mm -mm. It just makes
1: a bigger fire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hard out. And I feel like that is going to be such a hard thing for people to hear. And I'm putting it out there with intention as I was speaking before, and I'm going to speak to it now, is that this is all said with love, everyone. Like said with absolute love, this is no judgment yes. or anything like that. We are together. Um, Orini and I are offering an alternative perspective to see that you know your inner world and your outer world. Same same. Yeah. Outer world is going to reflect what's going on within. So soon, soon as you heal it within, the outer world reforms itself yeah like what you're saying earlier sis like you, you create you literally no shit no word of a motherfucking lie you create your reality there's no two ways about it
1: the end that's it man period period <laughs> and you may not be conscious of what you're creating but you're still creating it and sometimes it takes us taking radical responsibility in ownership of our lives to be able to see where we're unconsciously making the decisions to hurt ourselves because that's the most triggering oh, part of it all oh, that is yeah. it's like oh shit can't... why did i do that to myself again <laughs> yeah it's
0: casually over here wanting to die no. <laughs> <laughs> oh rebirth we're going we're going
1: cracking and again Yeah, here, here, comes here comes the phoenix here comes the phoenix My intuition has expressed itself differently over the years. It definitely has come the deeper I go into my journey, the more intense or more sensitive I become, depending how you want to look at it. So with me, I have been always Clairsentient. Um, if for those that don't know what Clairsentience is, it is an overwhelming sense of knowing. I have I physically feel the yeses or confirmation from spirit in my body. I also channel. So the way that I channel is I am an empath and I also am a medium. So the way that I channel at the moment, I know it's changing cause I'm evolving but just, I'll get into that. But at, the way I channel now is that I get sent energy blocks or energy blocks of it like sent to me and I feel them. And then I translate them into word especially with readings, because that's most of the time. Or I do hear my own voice in my head in different tones of voices. So my grandmother and grandmother, I'm pretty good at at identifying when they put thoughts into my mind because I've gotten used to their tones of voice. Um, It's so strange too, because it's so subtle. And this has only come after so much practice of just talking to them. And that's why I really love my mum for telling me when I was 13 to do it because that's what actually strengthened that gift and strengthened that understanding for me when I do tap into the mind part of it. Right now though, for those that are just, I guess, maybe starting on their intuitive journey and maybe they're having some experiences like I am, I've consciously blocked sight and hearing consciously. I've literally said that I don't want to see spirit. I don't want to hear them. I've told my guides that I'm not ready. And this is is actually a good point to make too. With this intuitive journey, you have control. You can create the boundaries that you would create in physical reality with spirit as well. And that's like how it works. They have to ask your permission to do things, but also your negativity can align you with other ones. So that's why it's really important to just say no. Or if you feel something like around you, just say, I don't want to feel sense or hear you goodbye. Um, It could be as simple as that. I've cut off that part of myself for so long and <laughs> I have a really cool relationship with my guide. Sometimes I don't know who's talking to me because it is a collective sometimes, but I will crack up laughing because I'll be like, oh my God, talking randomly about something. And then they'll be like, it's coming. And they'll just say it like that in my mind. They'll be like, it's coming. And like, I'm just like, what are you talking about? With that really intense energy. And you just feel this, don't worry, it'll be soon. just like what are you talking about soon what is coming soon and then I had this feeling because yes I heard those parts but then I had a feeling I'm gonna hear them soon I'm gonna start seeing them oh no Mm -mm." and then I was like but even if I have said no and they said yeah but your soul is asking for it this is part of your life's purpose so my soul is going I need this to evolve and grow. So yes, I can say no, and I can keep saying no, but it's going to start hurting me because I'm not following my divine purpose. It will start physically hurting me because I'm suppressing something that is a part of me. So this is a big part of like honoring yourself, honoring your emotions, and an intuitive journey is massive. It isn't just like, yay, I can talk to dead people or I know what's going, I can connect with nature and all this stuff. It's not that. It's a healing journey Mm, for sure. Like If you want to tap in and be clear and a clear intuitive, you've got to do the mahi to get the tahi, bro. It is intense. So yeah, my clear audience is coming and the way that that's manifesting right now is so funny because I will be just like hanging around and I hear this, Hello. <laughs> even, like, before, so I'm like Who could this be? And I'm literally in my own house with my son and it's a man's voice really low, going, Hello. I'm like, what? It was to the point where I jumped in my body, like I jumped where I was sitting, and I turned around <laughs> like there was someone there, even though I was standing next to the door. I wasn't scared, I was more like my mind, my ego was shocked that that I was starting hearing stuff. And then my most funnest one that I've been hearing more than that, hello, is um is this nice tune that I can't understand. When I hear it, I'm like, what is that? I can't, I don't notice it. I can't like compare it to anything else besides those bells. What are they called, Amanda? Tubular bells. Yeah, those bells. And it's not even the same. It's like a higher frequency of the same sound. And what I've come to realize that it was, it was my Syrian galactic, Far know that I feel like has been tapping into it has been helping me with my clear audience and clearing it. And for those that don't know, Syrians. I'm not talking about the country Syria. I am talking about serious. And serious. Are you serious? Are you serious? Serious. <laughs> um, yeah, and Sirius is what I would call our grandfather star. Um, just like our sun fuels us and nourishes the physical part of our reality, the Sirius is um, said to be known as our spiritual sun, fueling and giving us guidance in mm-hmm. the spiritual reality. So, with Lionsgate just happening on the eighth of the eighth, that activated a portal between us and Sirius, so that we had access. To that unlimited amount of energy and support from our galactic faro that was from there because they do have a strong connection with us. So I feel like these energies are helping me with my clear audience. Mm. I've always been able to see color, like because that's what I said to my spirit guides and everything. Hey, I would love to see what's color, maybe shadows, formations appearing in front of me. I'm all good with all that stuff, but I don't want to see. My dead uncle that I used to hang out with when I was alive. (laughs) Fair enough, too. Hey, uncle dog i know you're there <laughs> it's yeah it's more about the ones that were alive that i'm alive now that i'm like still a bit weird even though i'm talking to them all the time it's mm-hmm. uh, don't uh, ask me like this is just where my journey's at right now and i'm sure if you talk to me in 10 years i'll be like casually talking to my uncle while he's sitting next to me i'm sure of that. oh yeah like, do... by that time i'll be like yeah boy <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be that nearly nanny sitting on my lens next to my awesome renamed orphanage I don't like that word but we'll come up with something else and I'll be hanging out with my uncle who is dead and we'll have corridors on the on the deck on the deck
0: <laughs> also at 43 I wouldn't consider you a nanny at 43 by the way like 10 years is only 43. Like, come on
1: <laughs> I would hope not because my son will only be 13 and he better not be having kids then <laughs> <laughs> we' we'll chop it off now <laughs>
0: Oh, cool! Thank you so much. This is this has been such an enlightening podcast episode, and I feel like we're not gonna end it here exactly. Like this is like part one of podcasting with Orini for an, an intuitive journey.
1: I'm definitely coming back. This was so much fun.
0: Awesome. Mind has been blown. Like the world slowed down for a moment. Truth bombs, trigger bombs. Basically, what it's like to be best friends with Orini. Like this is how life is. You. I'm sorry guys like you can't get away from this. Actually, I'm not even sorry. sorry <laughs> not sorry. I can't get away from this and I love it. I love it. this is pretty much how I get to live my life being in her presence every single day just virtually. So I'm super super grateful to have you here so super super grateful to experience life with you and be a big part of your journey as you are with of mine. but just before we wrap up, I would love if you could give our listeners two pieces of advice on how they can connect with their intuition. You may have said it already, but just to just to highlight it into this special section here, what what would be your two pieces top of the list to
1: for others to connect with their intuition? Hmm. Now I feel like I'm on the spot. <laughs> like you know when that happens and you're like, ah uh, spirit well <laughs> I did warn you. Yeah. I did warn you this was coming. <laughs> I think one of there we go maybe that's it ask for help <laughs> actually that's where i was going with this because we're on an intuitive journey podcast right We're just oh, okay. is our intuition so a big part of this intuitive journey is to ask for help because if you don't ask your spirit team for help you ain't getting no help and then it's going to be struggle street and we have this access to such an amazing place like spirit has powerful powers i guess and they only can do so much without our permission, because that's how it flows. And so asking for help, even if it is just you going, you have no idea how you're going to do anything at all. Like there's no solutions in your mind or whatever. Just yell it out to a grandmother, to an uncle, to a spirit guide, you know, to the elephant spirit. I don't know what it is you believe in. It doesn't matter. Whoever it is, ask for help. You could just literally yell it outside and your guides will go, yes, that's for me. I'm going to help. (laughs) because <laughs> most of the time they are waiting for us like I can tell you now with my intergenerational trauma I took way too much on and it wasn't until the healing I got from a, a trauma healer where I was bawling my eyes out going I just don't want to deal with all of this and I was like hyperventilating crying and she goes Irini you haven't asked your ancestors to take to take their part I was taking it all Mm. on. So make sure that in your life you are asking for help because your spirit team will take what they can and they will lighten your load. So my second one is, I know this one for sure because it came through then. My second advice is have fun. Yes. We're literally here to have fun, to feel like a child again. Mm. Like the whole purpose of us is to lose ourselves to find ourselves again. So have fun doing it. Yes, we just talked about really intense stuff like intergenerational trauma, all of that stuff, colonization within, without, all of that type of stuff. It's only going to be like easily healed if we're having fun at the same time. So you'll catch me on Instagram in all my stories. I am outside in nature all the time playing with my kid. I'm so happy that I have a kid and a dog because that is how I get my butt out of the house and adventure and if Amanda knows too, like every time she are talking, I'm like, I'm at a beach or I'm on a bushwalk or I'm yeah. somewhere <laughs> just have fun. And it doesn't have to cost money. And like your version of fun is so different to others because it's what's going to fuel your heart. It's going to mm. like, just like how this cacao has given me <laughs> since I've been drinking it at the start, it has fueled my heart and created an, like that fire that is warming my heart inside. So I reckon if anything, the biggest important part of our intuitive journey is to have fun because that's what our guides are always doing too. My guides are always making jokes at me because they want me to see the lightness in. (laughs) They want me to like see the lightness in all of these lessons because yes, it is intense and dark and like scary. And and, like some of the experiences I know I've experienced in my childhood are scary just in themselves. And having to relive them and feel them again is oh it's crazy times but we're here to learn and have fun right so yes absolutely get out and have fun to counteract the intensity of the healing yeah
0: we, we become our own worst enemies when we complicate everything and it, complication only comes from a, a need to feel safe which is an ego need when really all life is yeah is a big freaking joke and a game we're just here to play the bloody game. It's a game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so much fun dark and light, right? Yeah. Ah! It is so much fun. <laughs> Having dark and light inside of us and seeing dark and light in life is uh, the beauty in the game. It's like what creates that um all the obstacles that you know, like when you were playing Crash Bandicoot, you got to jump over things and you got to jump mm-hmm. over a big hole in the floor and then you got to collect the stars and you got to collect fuel and you're gonna collect lives and i'm like we have multiple lives like they, how many times have we died just in knowing each other like died parts oh, of yeah. us have died and then reborn into something else like we death isn't something that is final it is not anything that is like it is constant we're always dying we're always living depends on how you look at it
0: <laughs> i died and rebirthed in this bloody podcast recording i was like oh my god there goes a the piece of things. see you later yeah well, see you, bye. Like, and that's the point. That's the whole point in being here in the first place. When you're in spirit form, it's just unity. That's it. It's just one. When you come into the yeah. this earth yep. plane, I'm not, I can't speak for what it's like on other planets, but only because right now I can't remember. Um, but like in, yeah. this, in, this, <laughs> in this earth plane, just, I can speak from earth plane because I'm here right now duality is the point we're here to experience the light and the dark we're here to make those shit decisions that have us down the hole we're meant to experience high doses of ecstasy in contrast to the depression it is the point in being here and they always there's always going to yeah. be darkness and people honestly literally people here are born here on this earth to stay the darkness so then people like you listener like me yep. like us. It's like So we then know how to experience yep. the light by having them contrasting a, to us. They're being the challenger. Yep. So when you realize... And you'll see heaps of those on TV and stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, <laughs> on TV, on in the government, all the, all those, everything, everywhere. And the, every yep. person that challenges you, that is the point in being there. Them come to you to challenge you. Yep. And so when you start seeing life like that, like, oh, okay. Instead of being... This big, serious, like painful thing that we seem to put ourselves through, and taking it just so like literally and with certainty, we get to see it as a oh, what is this here to teach me? Oh, you mean, okay, there's something, there's a light within this challenge that I need to experience right now. Maybe there's a decision that needs yeah. to be made, maybe you need to be activated into something, maybe you just need to be thrown against a wall to show yourself. I can get back up again.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can.
0: There we go. I feel like sermon over. Woo. Anyway, anything else you'd like to add to? S- um, I am
1: complete. Really, spirit's <laughs> gone. Now I'm cold.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can sense that. That's why I felt like I was starting to struggle with my last bit of words. I was like, this needs to come out because I feel it dwindling. I'm falling. Okay, I'm falling. Back to- okay. Awesome, yeah, and boom. (laughs) so thank you, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your energy. I appreciate your your guidance, and I actually had questions for myself that I wanted to talk to you about later. But throughout the session, you've answered them naturally. Of
1: course, seven. Yeah, that's just how I roll. That is how I roll. (laughs) Thank
0: you so much. I truly appreciate you. Thank you for sending me that DM all those months ago. and being the mirror for me to see that i too have power
1: you got this
0: sis i really appreciate you and i love you so much i love you and thank you so
1: much for having me on the podcast i'm so honored to be here on this journey with you and i'm so excited to support you further in our own lives
0: i'm sure you'll see more of orini throughout the podcast and throughout my content because i'm sure we're gonna be doing some cool shit very very soon thank you guys for listening and we'll yeah (laughs) we'll see you next time Since the recording of this episode with Aurini, my mind has like been warped, bent and shaped in so many cool ways with lots of examples of how what we talked about can be expressed, felt and moved through and integrated in life. I would like to thank my soul sister once again for for her wisdom, for her knowledge, for her willingness to be open and for taking the leap into being a part of this podcast appreciating you all so much appreciating you sis orini i'm looking forward to speaking further into these things and of course having her back on for another episode in the near future until then remember we all have wisdom to share see you next time you've been listening to an intuitive journey podcast with amanda loren thank you for tuning in see you next time